it is time to define our aim. And, and this statement has, has grown very close to me and, and I'm still learning more and more how to put it into practice, but still I think it makes a whole lot of sense. So I actually wanted to help or wanted us to, to learn this statement by heart because I think if we keep this statement in mind, this will help us in any part of our life. So I'll say it in front first and then you can repeat, okay? So success in any line demands a definite aim. Can we say it? Success in any line demands a definite aim. Isn't that, it's, it, it's so simple but so profound to me. So this morning we're going to look at um, five different institutions or five different uh, people or institutions that have a definite aim. And we're going we're to start with uh, going, going to 1 Samuel to, to David's life. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is the story of David. This is the time where he is um, just actually been anointed by Samuel, uh, the, the prophet, after he has been anointed. Um, but then it, there's a war in Israel. The Philistines are, are coming against him, and, and you know the story very well. This giant, Goliath, comes and he, he, he's, he rebukes the Israelites, or he, he says, what, you know, who are you? And, he, and he's, he's a couple of meters higher than any, anybody else, right? And, and David comes here, and, and his father sends him to his brothers, because those brothers are, are bigger. We just learned that as well, right? They're nicer looking than him, and they're, they're taller, they're stronger. They're in the war, and they're trying to fight the Philistines. And, and so David comes, and he hears these words of this Philistine that, that is re- reproaching and, and defying um, the living God, as, as David says. And, and, and he hears this, and he's like, what, what's going on? What, what's, ma- what's the matter with the people of God? This is not what I've... What I know the people of God are, are supposed to be uh, listening to, right? right? So he says, what shall be done unto the man that, that kills him? Right? And, and, and he says, you know, let's go back to the living God. And, and essentially he goes to, he, he says this to the people of Israel. His brothers hear about this. And his older brother, Eliab, he's, he comes to him and he says, shut up. What, what are you talking about? Like, you're, you're, come on, wh- where did you leave your sheep? Huh? Like he's, he's, he's rebuking him very clearly and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. This is, the, the guy is, is much taller than you ever could imagine. I mean, so, so don't, don't talk like you are, right? But, but it is incredible to see David's definite aim, and that was to, to not have God's name be dishonored. He, w- he did not want God's, aim, uh, God's name to be dishonored. And so he, he says to, to the people of Israel, hey, this cannot be. And so he, he actually, after that rebuke, after, I mean, if he was a, a, a nice child, right, or a nice brother, he would, okay, I'll, I won't say anything anymore, right? Uh, or, or at least say it maybe very, very in secret. But, but 
what does he do? He says, no, I need to continue. And so he actually continues his campaign, you could say, uh, about, hey, we need to do something about this, this giant. So word reaches Saul and he sends for him. Saul says, who is this guy? You know? And, and so he comes to Saul and, and then, and then in, in verse 32, let's, let's read from there. Verse 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. So he offers himself. He has a definite aim and he, he is willing to sacrifice his life. He surrendered his life. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth. Friends, we are but youth. Right? Do we hear this sometimes? We are but youth. And and we don't have experience. Right? That's what he's saying, right? And and he's saying that Goliath, he has experience. He has gone through the, the, the real education, right? He has been a, a man of war from his youth. And so he's actually saying, hey, you know, it's nice words that you're saying, but, but you don't have the education. You don't have the, the, the background for this. What is David's response? He, he could have said, the, the king is telling him, calm down. You know, uh, I think you're not going to do this. It's nice to hear your courage, but, you know, I think you're a little bit on top, you know, above what you can handle here. Um, David's response in verse 34. It's very interesting. He, He shows him how he was educated in a different way. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. He, he, can you imagine this picture? David, little David, yeah? Uh, like that's, that Samuel was like, this cannot, God, this cannot be the future king, right? This little David takes this huge bear, takes him by the beard, and slays him. <laughs> Amazing, right? Why? For the little lamb. I mean, would you risk your life for a little lamb? <laughs> the, guy, the guy had a definite aim. So he, 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 tell, he tells him, you know, I, I slew him, and I took him by the beard, and, and I smote him. Verse 36, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Can you say amen? It's, it's amazing. He, he has such a definite aim. He's sure this is going to work because God has shown me, has, has led me in the past, he will lead me in the future. So then David says, moreover, in verse 37, the Lord had that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he 
will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And, and Saul said to David, then um, he's overwhelmed by his courage and says, you know, go ahead. Go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul puts on the army or the, not the army, the, the armor. That's right. Uh, on David and, and David's like, I can't, I can't, I have not been trained with this. I can't, I can't uh, fight, fight him with this. So he goes with a staff and with, with a couple of rocks against the giant. Could it be that we are in a similar situation that it looks like there's this giant and we are just like, like Goliath says, am I a dog that you come with a stick? Are you kidding me? What do we have to offer for the battle? Oh, we have, we have, we don't have much if we look at reality. But if we look at God, oh, we have everything. And, and we can, by God's grace, fight this uncircumcised Philistine. And this giant that, that looks at, at these cities, right? These millions. How, how in the world are we going to reach those? It looks impossible. David had a definite aim. And you know the end of the story, of course. God was with him. And his faith changed the whole situation. It's amazing. And I believe we're at, this, at a similar step. And we as youth need to think about what is our aim. Um, can't really see exactly what it is. Exactly. We've, we've heard yesterday, right? We talked about the general conference. And I'm so, so thankful to God that there is a definite aim. We have a definite aim to, to work the cities. Wow. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It gives energy. It, it seems impossible. It really seems impossible. But somebody's standing up and saying, let's go. And let's go forward to these millions and, and reach out to them. The question is if we want to be part of this. I believe the General Conference has laid plans with definite aims, and we can be part of this. It's amazing. Um, so then, then there's oh, a little quick there. Um, then we also at at our school at Matheson, we have defined our aim, redefined our aim, you could say, and and we have newly, or you could say, before we were here to train lame, active lay members, yeah. Which is good. It's, it's also a name. But we've realized that if we want to reach out to the world in this generation, that we need more commitment. And so we have started a slogan called Training Missionaries for Life. We want to train missionaries for life. People that are willing to give their whole life to the service of God and not serving themselves. And we have seen results in this. We can see that people are taking decisions to serve God and it is, it is such a, it's the best life that you could ever have. It's, it's so amazing. So, so I hope and pray 
that God would help us to put this aim into practice and that we could train missionaries for life. Um, one, also in impact, we have, we have decided that we, we need to have a definite aim. If we don't have a definite aim, then what are we going to do? I mean, we can, we can have mission trips here and there and a little bit here and there and do a lot of good, but maybe not the most amount of good that we could have if we had a definite aim. So we have, we've started to contemplate on some questions. Here, here's one question. You know, how can the message of, be proclaimed to the whole world? And you maybe are familiar with this statement. We actually uh, mentioned it yesterday. The work of God in this earth can never be finished. This is a, an incredible statement. It can never be finished. This means we're not going to heaven if this statement didn't continue. The work of God in this earth can never be finished until lay members, us, rally to the work and unite their efforts with ministers and church officers and people that... So we need to start uniting. So you know the, the Matthew 24, the gospel will be preached in all the world can you see Goliath? All the world. This is huge. The cities, it's, it's immense. It seems impossible. And then shall the end come. How can this happen? How is this possible? There's a, a statement that gives a direct answer to this. It says there, with such an army of workers as are youth rightly trained. Wow. Army of youth. We are an army of youth. We are, let's say, youth. How can we rightly train? Was our question. So, with such an army of workers as our, uh, as our youth rightly trained might furnish how soon the message of a crucified, uh, risen, and soon coming Savior might be carried to the whole world. Can you see how it's answering Matthew 24? The whole world will hear about it if the youth are trained rightly can you see that can i hear an amen amen so so we thought well how can we rightly train it's it's difficult to bring people you know how, how to how to lead people to be rightly trained this is not so easy so we actually started a concept um you can see the impact logo we we started a four-step plan that we want to we want to Raise up an army of workers as our youth, rightly trained. So we started with the first step. Actually, actually, we started with the second step. We started with, with uh, impact mission trips, right? We started with, with having these mission trips, but we realized that not anybody is willing to come to a mission trip. You know, like going and, 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 and sharing, you know, going from door to door or, or, or actually serving. So we thought we need a, a preliminary step. And so we started... started um, or we have organized inspiration weekends, right? And these kind of things. And, and now we started Impact Scandinavia conferences. It's not so difficult to come to a conference, right? You listen, you, you get inspired, you want to know more, uh, you want to seek God's will. And so we started the first step. People come to conferences and are inspired. Um, and, and from that inspiration, if you look at the graph, the last step there on the bottom right says a life of committed and effective service. And, and we believe that this is 
the definite aim that we should have, that, that, people are, are, that we call people to serve God and not themselves. And so, so everything we do in the conference has that as a name, that we would, that we would encourage people to, to think of God's work, right? Have you, have you heard a little bit about, uh, and are you, are you uh, starting to think a little bit about God's work in this conference? Amen, right? So, so we're, we're pointing towards the right side of the graph. And, and then from conferences, we want people to go to mission trips. And, and from a conference a couple of days to a mission trip a couple of weeks maybe, right? And, and spend more time. And so we have organized many different mission trips in the summer that, that we can participate in and, and get, get experience and, and see what, what a privilege we have to serve the community. What, what a privilege we have to, to preach the gospel, to, to do all kinds of outreaches, to, to, to do, yeah, it, it serves ourselves, you know? It, it actually gives us true happiness to serve others. And, and that experience, we have seen the youth love that experience. They come back from mission trips and they're, they're inspired by this. And so after mission trips, we, we encourage to, uh, the people to even take further training, missionary training, to, to think, how can I be even more uh, effective? And so we have mission training as the third step, mission schools and, and, and the like. Um, and then from the mission schools, of course, as you just heard, training missionaries for life, our definite aim is to, to, to have people serve God full-time. So, so this is the, the definite aim we have set as impact. What we would like to do, we would like to raise up an army of workers. Now, this statement, do you remember it? I'll say success, and then you f- f- complete the sentence. Are you ready? Success And this statement is in a context. What is the context? It is amazing. The context defines our aim. It says, the heaven-appointed purpose, this is from outside of this world, is appointed to us. The heaven-appointed purpose of giving the gospel to the world in this generation is the noblest that can appeal to any human being any human being that's amazing that's not just active adventist or or adventist in general or or christians in general this is any human being this is amazing this i mean it's so broad this would be the noblest purpose for any human being to live for isn't that amazing the heaven appointed purpose of giving the gospel to the world in this generation i believe we need to think about our aim. We need to define our aim. What are we doing? What is, what is our aim with our lives? Is it, is it to, to gain a lot of money? To have a, a, a car, a house, these kind of things? Or is it to actually serve God and use our resources? Nothing wrong with resources. Use our resources in God's work and for God and give everything that we have all of our energy, all of our ta- talents for God's work. I'd like to, to um, sing a song that, that demonstrates this, this problematic of, of what are we living for? We, we say something, we, 
but maybe we're not acting the like. And, and it, it calls for a revival or a, a change. A change. What are we doing? So, so now I would like to, to sing a song together with, with Jesse. That it, this song has really spoken to me and said, Hey, what are you doing? It's, it's asking, it's crying out, What are you doing with your life? And, and I've had to think about this over and over again. What is your aim? What is my aim? And I pray that, that this, this call we could also experience in our life and, and think about what is our aim? What is our definite aim? It's called hands to the plow. You know, the image is, is hands to the plow. Start working, right? Let's, let's start finishing the work that God has given us. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.